We respectfully acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we work and learn, and pay respect to the First Nations peoples and their elders past, present, and future. We're recording on Gadigal land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to Press Play, a euphony podcast and powered by Yamaha headphones. I'm Tiana Speeder, your host. Each week, join me, my co-host Andrew Mast, and our Rewind and Reissues expert Steve Bell, alongside an epic lineup of artists and figures from around the industry, to dive into all things music. From new releases to pop culture moments turning our heads right now and beyond. And as we all collectively come to the last full week of January this week, today's episode of Press Play is a bit of a mixture from our usual format, a bit of a days of future past, if you will, for X-Men fans out there. But there will be some new music from this week in today's episode, but we're also coupling it with a look into some anticipated albums releasing later in the year as well, and a chat with an artist who has exploded into 2022 with giant chart success and is set to continue to charm ears here in Australia later this year. Yes, Dave Bailey, frontman for Glass Animals, will also be stopping by to share his thoughts on the huge past, present and future of the band going into 2022. As with every week, you can grab a listen to any songs or artists we mentioned today via our Spotify mixtape. Just search for the Press Play mixtape on Spotify or head to our website, euphony.com.au to find and follow and rip into some nifty new releases. And if you want even more press play and new music release goodness, we are proud to announce our newly launched Instagram page to start 2022 off fresh and new. The account is at pressplay.pod and it's now up and running. You can catch us there to keep up to date with new episodes and new music in general. That link is also in our show notes. Love music, press play. To start off today's episode, we are talking all things albums, but to mix things up just a touch this week, it's not just some releases from this week, but also ones that we are beyond hyped for in 2022. And my co-host Andrew Mast joins me now. Masty, this week in new albums, we've got new releases from Mo, we've got Eels, Christina Aguilera, Jethro Tull, Alice Glass, Slade. I mean, There's another particular album too that you and I are particularly buzzed about that we'll get to in a moment. But before we jump into our feature album for today, Masty, I did touch on some exciting impending releases some media outlets have been talking of late in last week's episode. But for a change of pace on Press Valley today, we're actually going to shake things up a bit and gaze into our collective crystal balls at some releases due out in 2022 that you and I are both keen about. Yeah, it's that time of year where you like to look forward to see who's promising a release and then at the end of the year, we can go back and look at how many of them didn't make it. Totally. Um, or oh, well, some huge one that we missed and it's probably going to end up being my favourite album of the year. Who knows? I, um, I want to talk about um, one. We'll start off with two, promising to be two of the biggest pop releases of the year. Uh, one very close to home is Tones and I. She's only just very recently uh, revealed that we're looking at an August drop for this. She told Triple J that the album was already underway and wants to move quick so she doesn't get sick of it. 
And I think that's, uh, I, think, I wish more artists were able to do that. Uh, mm -hmm. No singles have dropped yet, no title mooted, and the only hint of direction is a few snippets of what seemed to be a soulful collab with Adrian Eagle that could be heard on her Insta stories uh, for a short, for a brief period of time last week. Um, Look, if it does move fast, there's probably even more going to be revealed by the, since we've recorded this. So um, keep a lookout for that. Also, it's not confirmed that the Adrian Eagle track was for her album. We're just assuming that because, hey, we'll take what, what clues we can get. Absolutely. Uh, another, another big one promises to be surprisingly a debut, and it's a debut effort from Saweetie called Pretty Bitch Music. Uh, the date is yet to be announced, but... Although uh, not as big here as back in the US, Saweetie's debut album is expected to be that kind of breakout uh, release that you see, every, you know, there's always one huge one like that every year. She's best known in Australia for her Joel Corey, Charlie XCX collab Out Out and Solo Cuts Tap In uh, and Best Friend, which she did with Doja Cat. That my best friend, she a real bad bitch, got her own money. She don't need no nig on the dance floor. She had two, three drinks, now she twerking. She throw it out and come back in. That's my best friend, she a real bad bitch, drive her own car. She don't need no lift in a strip club. Now, the reason there's so much expectation for this album was it was initially expected last year, but it was delayed for some tweaking. So I'd expect this sooner rather than later. Um, there's no word though of her Gwen Stefani collab that she dropped recently is going to be on the album, nor if this the fantastic track track Get It Girl that she did for the final season of Insecure, whether that will appear on this set as well. Well, Marcy, I'm going to be kicking off in Sweden today for my first two anticipated albums of 2022. And as you know, it is no big secret. I am absolutely obsessed with Swedish metal Enigma's Ghost. They have been constantly impressing since back in 2006. And I'm mortified to say it took me until Download Festival back in 2019 to be able to finally see them live in action. For anyone who has seen them, you know, you like them beforehand, you go see them, you become obsessed. It's like they hypnotize you. But last week, I did die and go to heaven when we finally got a bit more details about their impending fifth studio album, which is going to see the light of day very, very soon. So we found out that the album is officially titled Impera. And it's due out March 11th via Loma Vista Recordings. So the lead up to this album has promised it will cover the rise and fall of empires. And the most recent track, Call Me Little Sunshine, is just utterly sublime and supremely haunting. Ghosts are undeniably always theatrical, mesmerising, and they can whip up dark melodics like nobody's business. So I've got less than two months to prepare myself. So, Marcy, I may be off sick that day, I think, on March 11th. But still on the Swedish heavy train, Metal Mavericks and Gent Pioneers Meshuggah have also excitedly announced one of the most anticipated heavy releases for 2022. It's called Immutable and it marks the group's ninth studio album following up from 2016's The Violent Sleep of Reason, which I have on vinyl and I keep playing over and over while I wait for this album. But this one has obviously been a very long time coming for the band and really, really interesting to note that their lead guitarist Frederick has returned 
as well. He did leave the band back in 2017, but the band have publicly promised there will be distortion and kicks. So I will be losing my mind until April 1st when this one releases. Well, I am looking forward to uh, what Ghosts have to offer. I'm, I'm always hanging out for them to do another ABBA cover. They, 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 they are high in my esteem for uh, finding a, a relatively unknown ABBA song and putting it out there some years ago. It's like two of our loves combining in one they must know. <laughs> now, coming up soon is, uh, is uh, Are You Haunted? from Metal Ethel. Should be February 18 is the date we're expecting to see it. This is album number four from WA's Jake Webb. We reviewed the one track that's been released so far, uh, The Epic Proof with Stella Donnelly. stumble over a name apology Stella uh, we know there are nine tracks and we know that it will explore themes of morality and irretrievable time uh, best news about this too is that it means there'll be new tunage for Webb's Splendor slot in July uh, hopefully uh, they'll be taking he'll be taking it out on the road before that as well coming out further down the track will be Daniel John's Future Never April 1st this is the second album he's done as Daniel Johns uh, since he's left Silverchair, of course. Uh, his, this is his first since Talk in 2015. He's also recorded, remember, as Dissociatives and Dreams. Uh, so this, this really is his second proper solo album as such. This will be released through his own label, and Johns has promised that it will be an eclectic mix of music. Uh, that he's made over the last couple of years and to expect some guest appearances. And it definitely will be eclectic. Every project he's done has been completely different since Silverchair. So you honestly do not know which way this is going to go until it, until it drops April 1, probably. Mm. Keep us guessing, hey? I, love, I do like that, though. <laughs> well, my next two are some amazing hip-hop acts, one local and one who needs very little introduction, and that first one is none other than Cardi B. So Cardi's had a huge couple of years, even despite COVID. She was honoured back in 2020 as Woman of the Year, the same year she released a little track that some people may have heard called WAP, and last year she released the, dare I say, absolute banger that was Up. If it's up, then it's up, then it's up, then it's up. Now, both those songs have been tantalising teasers into what we can expect from Cardi's highly anticipated second album, which is due out this year. Again, to sound like a broken record, there is no definitive release date on the cards, but she has publicly said she's hell-bent on releasing it this year after COVID stalled previous efforts. So it's been four years since her last album, and this one will be set to be a scorcher. And closer to home, Sumper the Great confirmed late last year with the Sydney Morning Herald that she would be releasing new music early this year. And... 
like a broken record, we still don't know much more in terms of the album name and release date as yet, but she has been releasing some singles and she did drop the recent track, Never Forget, which showcased a tribute to Zamrock, a genre that stems back to the 1970s. And it features a bit of a fusion of African rhythms and elements of garage and psychedelic rock. And beautifully, this merges with a really big part of her musical identity from when she was younger. And I can dare say it's safe to say from everything that we've seen in the past from her, this is undoubtedly going to be absolute magic. So I'm very keen on this one. Uh, I am super excited about hearing that one. And now you've got me even more intrigued. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that, that can't come soon enough. Mm-hmm. Also, sticking in Australia, uh, uh, one of the big ones in the first part of the year is going to be Midnight Oils Resist on February 18. This will be the iconic Australian band's 13th and, don't forget, final studio album. Uh, two songs, Tarkeen and Rising Seas, reveal classic protest oils. This was recorded before the passing of bassist Bones Hillman. And the 12 song track list has already revealed uh, all the titles, uh, track names like To the Ends of the Earth, Lost at Sea, and Reef. I think we can see uh, where that one's going. So it'll be very interesting. Their, their last album was, was a huge effort. Their, their comeback album went to number one. I expect big things for this one as well. February 25th is something altogether different. It's a big release week for some favourite British 80s acts. Uh, Soft Cell will drop Happiness Not Included very much in their lo-fi electro style. Only their fifth album in 40 years. Wow. Tears for Fears dropped their seventh album, The Tipping Point, and that's their first since 2004. We heard one of the tracks in the last episode of Press Play, and it's actually one to look forward to, which I was not expecting to be saying at any point this year. (laughs) And thirdly, we've got Johnny Marr dropping Fever Dreams Parts 1 to 4, an amalgamation of four EPs he started releasing last year. First two EPs had their own distinct sound, uh, but it's an overall big production indie vibe. More like his time with Electronic uh, than The Smiths. I can hear a bit of Primal Scream in there. But again, he's done so much and played with so many bands over the years. Uh, for all I know, the, the the next two EPs could be completely new genres for him. But um, yeah, so all three of those dropping February 25. So if, if you're an oldie and you're looking for some of your old indie pop favourites, uh, that's the day for you. Awesome. And some new discoveries too for some of the young'uns out there. I'm sure something will end up on TikTok and get the kids into tears. <laughs> so, true. so true. <laughs> well, my next two, I'm looking at some Aussies and they're kind of like a little bit different, but they both kind of got a bit of a buzz about them continually as they release each new tune that we're hearing. So to start off with, I'm going to look at Camp Cope and um, last I think back in episode four of Press Play in November, we actually looked at their new track, which was the first time in four years we heard a song from them called Blue. And the track is, of course, off their upcoming third full length. We've just had confirmation that the album is called Running With The Hurricane. And 
With Blue, we obviously saw a bit of a softer side of Camp Cope and the title track is also a really introspective indie slice. So at this stage, it is anyone's guess as to what the total end result may be, if they're going to stick with that kind of thing. But it's really exciting to see the band return with such gusto, especially after they survived some really cumbersome lockdowns and they've come out armed with creative gold. So I think watch this space for that one. And another Aussie group who are also primed for third album territory this year are Ocean Grove. So their beloved Oddworld aficionados, that's their self-title is Oddworld. And I love that, but they're obviously very like chameleon-like with their genres and they're going to release their brand new album up in the air on April 22nd via Unified. And this new chapter is actually set to see them deviate from their earlier kind of established heavier sound and instead they're embracing a really big range of different strengths so their press release is promising everything from brit rock to pop grunge and even punk and case in point their fresh new track silver lining was staunchly optimistic and it was really an airy anthem from the group so I'm excited to see where they go with it. All right here's another one I am super excited about it's Father John Misty and his album Chloe and the Next 20th Century set to come out on April 8th. Now this is Josh Tillman's fifth album under this moniker and it finds him so established now that we almost forget he first came to attention as one of Fleet Fox's. It's a slight shift in direction. He's still crooning, but if lead single Funny Girl is anything to go by, this time he's accompanied by big orchestration. Funny Fear Fun is an all-time favourite of mine and he's just live one of the best shows I've ever seen. If you're lucky enough to be in LA or London later this year, he's actually performing one-off shows of the album with orchestras in those cities. So I'm pretty sure we're in for a really big, lush sound on this album. And Funny Girl's already one of my favourite, most listened to tracks of the year so far. Uh, another big one, possibly the most anticipated indie album of 2022, Wet Leg. Uh, this will be coming out, uh, their album will be coming out on April 8th. Uh, the British duo have become firm favourites here in Australia, thanks to Triple J giving the first three singles a lot of airplay. And who can resist them? They are a kind of catchy throwback to 80s post-punk with their stripped back sound and deadpan delivery, but they also have this fresh lyrical approach that, that um, makes them super of, of this time, this period. And they will surely tour here. <laughs> They're going to have to tour this soon. They're so big in Australia at the moment. I think all local festival promoters would have them on the top of their wish list at the moment. So April 8th for at last, that long-awaited wet leg debut album.
Yeah, it's been so big and I think there's a nice connection with our feature artist in today's episode. Actually, obviously we had Dave Bailey from Glass Animals join us briefly for our best of 2021 and Wet Leg was on his discovery. So they are just ricocheting everywhere. So yeah, festivals afoot. (laughs) So I'm doing a quick little throwback now to some quote unquote alternative bands. So my first one uh, from my teenage crushes. Um, I'm not sad to admit that Emo Poppers Dashboard Confessional are releasing a new album this year. Shout out to 16 year old Tiana who had their tunes on about 50 mixtapes at the time. And I actually did get to chat to the frontman Chris back in 2017, just before they toured Australia. And what he spoke about was really refreshing. Like he's like, everyone wants to be a rock star, but we kind of don't want to be that. We want to actually break down the barrier between artists and fans with their music. And this same sentiment continues after two decades of them being a band. And what we've seen so far with their previews into their ninth full length is really, really resonating with that. So it's going to be called All the Truth That I Can Tell. And it's due out on 25th of February. And A lead single so far, Here's to Moving On, paints a pretty sturdy picture of what's to come, advocating picking yourself back up in the hard times and, of course, set against the trademark acoustic guitar, stirring shift and Chris's emphatic vocals. Here's to fighting less, here's to living more. Here's to feeling alive again, here's to picking yourself off the floor. Here's to waking up. Here's to sleeping well for once Here's to knowing the things that you wish you could change Here's to saying you'll find when you're not Here's to being right Here's to being wrong Here's to letting go Here's to moving on And on the topic of bands who certainly featured also on a lot of my mixtapes in my youth, Placebo, obviously, Marcy, we touched on them in last week's Singled Out segment on Press Play, but the British bunch will be dropping their very long-awaited eighth studio album, Never Let Me Go, in March. And to put in context when I say long-awaited, this is Placebo's first album together in almost a decade. So there have... Yeah, it's been a long time coming. It doesn't feel that long, but then when you think about it, (laughs) but we have had singles along the way to signpost what's to come on Never Let Me Go, including Try Better Next Time and Surrounded by Spies. And what we're seeing overall is a very candid depiction of the modern age. We've got technological and eco narratives that simultaneously confront the harsh realities of humanity. But what's really nice to see is there is also some hope and, of course, the ever-soothing placebo alt-rock and post-punk trademarks, albeit in a fresh and updated manner. So my flashbacks are coming to life in 2022. All right. The last two I'm going to look at, both um, artists that kind of came out of the electronic club scene. We're looking at Shamir's Heterosexuality, which will drop February 11th. artist made a huge splash in 2015 bursting out with this massive club hit on the regular followed it with critically acclaimed ratchet album and then a, a slot on the on the laneway festival now six albums and multiple genres later and having publicly dealt with both mental health issues and splits with management and label shamir's gaining critical attention again preview cuts from this find shamir 
continuing to explore the soulful indie rock direction that he's kind of taken to here and there across the years. And it's still that counter tenor voice to the fore. I, on first listen uh, to, the, to the three singles that have come out, I, I was a bit, yeah, that's okay. But they've really grown on me. And, and now I'm really looking forward to um, seeing where this album goes and hopefully a really good reaction to it because it'd be great to see Shimmy back in the spotlight. Also uh, coming out in the first part of the year, March 18, we can expect Charlie XCX's Crash. This will be the British Act's fifth album in eight years. She's pointed out that this is her last album in her current record deal and two singles have dropped already. Most recently, we've had New Shapes, which featured uh, Christine and the Queens and chairlift Caroline Polachek. The album promises to move away from her hyper-pop past and in New Shapes, you can hear this kind of 80s influence coming through and she has cited Janet Jackson and Taylor Dane as inspirations for this album. Uh, expect more guests and more styles as she's collabed with so many different producers, uh, everyone from Digital Farm Animals to 10 Tricks Point Never. So uh, I think she's going to finish this deal with a bang. Mm, very keen on those and yeah you had me at Janet Jackson I'm not gonna lie <laughs> but um my last two most anticipated albums are both Aussies and both of a slightly heavier persuasion than my previous batch but kicking off with Sydney Metalcore Trailblazers North Lane they're gonna release their sixth full-length Obsidian another one on the first of April there's a lot coming out that week but anyone who knows North Lane knows they are absolute titans of sonic evolution their most recent track Echo Chamber gave us layered grooves with some really deliciously dark electronic and techno hues that felt fitting for an outing in the Matrix soundtrack. If you've heard it, you'll know what I mean. But North Lane are now 12 years into this adventure as a band and they've proven time and time again they can take anything the industry and the world throws at them and they just really continue to grow. So on this album, the hints are that we're going to get some really cinematic choruses, there's some drum and bass and, of course, plenty of face-having melt face melting heaviness I should say to um mix it up a little bit but North Lane do deserve the hype and I really think Obsidian's going to elevate them just to even more dizzying heights in 2022 and side note this will also be the band's first ever self-released record so really flying the, the flag for incredible independent releases which I'm really keen on and last but not least to close out my top 10 Melbourne via Tassie group captives are also gearing up to release their new album Return to Mars this one comes out on the 31st of March via Inertia Music. And this band, they're a really exciting punk rock collective. They first came onto the scene in 2013 and they just bring so much energy and finesse to each new release they drop. So we saw recently on their latest single, Gold, it will put blisters on your fingers by association just by listening to it. It's just such a rollicking tune. And the band were able to get into a studio between lockdowns and track this new record. And I feel like this is their year to show the world what they've got. So, Marcy, before we dive into our feature album, I know we both had some honourable mentions for 2022. We couldn't put them all here because we will be here for hours. So what you got for your most honourable mentions? It, it's like the 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 more we we kept digging, we just kept finding. You thought, oh, there's not that many announced and now there just seems to be an overload. 
Look, there's a few that haven't been given uh, dates, exact dates attached to them yet, but I think will be big ones this year. We'll see Machine Gun Kelly, Arctic Monkeys and Kendrick Lamar all with new releases at some point this year. Uh, coming up in February, we'll see a return from Alt-J and the singles from that have been really exciting. Uh, big Thief will drop on February 11th. Uh, Oliver Tree, who's been really growing his, his following in Australia, drops Cowboy Tears on February 18th. I'm excited. Dolly Parton drops a book and a soundtrack to the book on March 7 with Run, Rose, Run. There's a big Wiggles release coming in March, believe it or not. Jack White is promising two albums so far this year, one in April and another in July. We're going to see Fontaine's DC uh, release another album, and we know people are going to lose it over that. That'll be April 22. Hatchie's announced a new one on the same day. And another one, uh, Craig David's comeback continues. He's, he's an absolute superstar again in England. He's um, working with some great, great artists uh, like MNEK. And so it's very exciting to hear what he's going to do with his new album coming out May 13. Mm, big, huge stuff happening. And my honourable mentions, I'm hoping I'm going to manifest this into a festival lineup because I'm not sure if you've seen, there's been a lot of really amazing festivals. So there's so many veteran rock acts putting stuff out, but a mix of new stuff. So this is my manifestation of a heavy festival. We've got Cult of Lunas coming out, Blood Commands due out, Scorpions, Anthrax, Megadeth, Ozzy Osbourne, Fozzy, Devin Townsend, Guns and Roses, Animals as Leaders, Eddie Vedder. So like, that's my, that's my ideal festival. They're all due out this year throughout the year. I've also really keen on the new one from Frank Turner, which will be dropping. And apparently Weezer are releasing a thousand albums. It seems like this year too. I'm not entirely sure what's going on there. If they haven't decided when they're going to drop and they're just putting placeholders, but I'm keen to see where that goes too. There were so many dates for Weezer albums. It's like, hmm, they've got something planned or they're not planned. Like what's going on? (laughs) But as if I wasn't excited enough before we chatted, Marcy, I'm now like overexcited about that. But let's turn our gaze to this week for a moment for a big Aussie new release. Let's jump into our feature album for today. And that album is none other than Dichotomy, the debut full length for Aussie electronic duo Slumberjack. So Dichotomy is due to boast 12 tracks. And I feel like from what we've had to listen to, it really does live up to this namesake. There's unexpected pairings which the name very much suggests it's a merging of divergent worlds and that kind of thing. And what they do is fuse together an array of influences from really woozy, sweaty synths on the album's opening track to really emphatic, there's a bit of trap-tinged hooks on Better Off featuring Lucy Lucy. I also felt a bit of a vibe of Jared James about the track Memory. And then, of course, we go full glitch rave tech on Excalibur, which instantly made me flashback to the one week I actually went clubbing properly in my 20s. (laughs) But it is little surprise tracks like Better Off, especially Nab Triple J Rotation. And like throughout the album, there is never a dull moment. We literally get hurled into this really jagged yet crystalline universe Lumberjack have concocted. There's a big lineup of collaborators and we just really flip between light and shade, buoyant and sinister, and those ever-present and now trademark Slumberjack rhythmics throughout, Masty. I've got to say that this is released on the Sweated Out label and it's been a wild ride watching the label grow over the years. It's home to one of the world's biggest artists now with Rufus to Soul. Uh, but they're also shaping the future of dance with acts like Purple Disco Machine, Anna Now, and, and this team, Slumberjack. And I also have to admire 
that they acknowledge their dance roots. And I'm really glad you pointed out Excalibur because that harks so back to the early rave sounds of 1990, 89, 90, 91. I remember being on the dance floor to tracks like that. And they also dabble in a bit of old school trance in tracks like Pain. And you also mentioned the collaborations. And there are some real high points here with the collaborations. Paradox with Kite String Tangle is lush AF. And it finds them exploring a much darker soundscape than you might find elsewhere on Dichotomy. And I've got to say, um, kudos to giving your album a title for a word that I always mispronounce. So um, made it really tricky for me. Uh, Not <laughs> For You with Nicole Miller is epic and surely, surely marked as a single. Uh, like you mentioned, I can just hear that one sliding straight into Triple J and having an even wider appeal for them. And um, there's a very unexpected hookup with LA's World's First Cinema on And I, and it sounds like that kind of rocktronic track that could break them internationally. So um, I think they've made some really, really smart collaboration. And that doesn't even touch on all the collaborations here. There are so yeah. many, aren't there? Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a very impressive outing for Slumberjack. Yeah, and I think what I like too is it comes as a little surprise after reading their press material that they were also inspired by movie soundscapes like Mad Max, Blade Runner and Annihilation. There is such a sensation of this neon-soaked neon like cyberpunk universe and, yeah, I think it's just going to be something we're going to see. We'll just kickstart this next And venture. you definitely hear that in Paradox, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah, you definitely hear that, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, as with all of our featured albums and tracks in today's episode, you can grab a listen to the songs in full via the Press Play mixtape on Spotify. And you can also head over to our brand new Instagram page at pressplay.pod and you can check out the mixtape and much, much more there as well. But now it is time for our artist feature segment. And in keeping with our days of future past theme here on Press Play today, we're looking at the past, present and future for a beloved UK band. If you flash back to this time last year, people around the country were soaking up the sun on a Saturday in most parts around Australia, with many people glued to their speakers or radios or TVs to see who would take out the crown for the 2020 Triple J Hottest 100. At the time, artists like Ballpark Music, G Flip and Spacey Jane were all in contention for pole position. But as the Prediction Site 100 warm tuners foretold a few days out, it was none other than the atmospheric whimsy of heat waves by UK band Glass Animals that took out the top spot. But that was only the tip of the iceberg for the track's astronomical success, not just globally, but more specifically here down under. Starting Life is an extremely personal ode written by Glass Animals frontman Dave Bailey about loss, longing and ultimately realising you're unable to save something. Heatwaves was released back in 2020 as a single from the group's third studio album Dreamland. And yet over a year and a half since its release, this so-called sleeper hit has exploded, scooping up over 1 billion streams on Spotify while also contributing to a Grammy Award nomination for Best New Group for the band. But here in Australia, this steamy and hypnotic track just continues to dominate, ending 2021, breaking the ARIA record for most weeks in the top 10 of the ARIA singles chart, beating Tones and I's previous record with Dance Monkey. And Heatwaves also became the most streamed song in Australia in 2021, with over 92 million streams that year alone. 
This news was also accompanied by the band's announcement they would be mounting their biggest headline shows to date in Australia this year. But before they head down under, to chat about the significance of the adoration and connection to fans, Dave Bailey himself joins me now to chat a little bit about this sonic phenomenon. Oh my God. I mean, all of that stuff is almost incomprehensible. But I, I, I guess I have to say that like the, the reaction in Australia, that was like one of the first places that, I mean, ever in the history of the band that kind of that, like liked us yeah. <laughs> um, and it was the kind of the same with this record like watching the response over there and people like social media and um and things were kind of i don't know I, I would kind of wake up to see what people were doing and it, there was all this amazing artwork and these like people listening to the record all coming from australia yeah. and that's that was my that was kind of my life jacket that's why i got up through that period when i could well have been and kind of was quite feeling pretty doomed yeah um so I, yeah thank you to everybody really enduring well beyond its release in 2020 now firmly into 2022 and very likely beyond given its track record a lot of external fixation has piled on as to how this mild-mannered track that is heat waves has continued to monster records and there's also been some minecraft fan fiction and tiktok buzz along the way as well but the Aussie love affair with Glass Animals has been going strong for years, even prior to Heat Waves, with the band's first ever sold out shows actually happening right here in Australia earlier in their career. But how exactly does Dave feel about finally being able to imminently return to our shores? And what impression have Aussie fans made on the band previously? It's been too long, basically, frankly. I, I'm just, I just can't wait. I, I think it's Australia is always where we've had the best shows ever. And crazy stuff always, ha I don't know why, but <laughs> crazy stuff always happens at shows. I remember the first show, I think it was the first show we ever did in Australia, was um, at a festival called Falls Festival. And someone, it was like one in the afternoon. So basically, like, people have probably just started drinking, hopefully. Yeah. And like, as soon as we started playing, someone climbed up all the scaffolding of the the tent and like had this belt made of wine bags and was basically feeding the, the crowd it was <laughs> yeah just stuff like that always seems to happen i'm so pumped i'm really really pumped i basically i love festivals because we get to play and then we get to go and see stuff we get like i try my best always to hang around and see as much music as possible i have like a little uh i have a couple i have like a little what's it called disguise Ooh. sort of thing i don't know if i'll be able to bring it i might have to get a new one is it like where's um, wally but it's dave <laughs> well i just have a shark suit but i've just given it away so now i need a new one anyway mm. i shouldn't have said that really i should have made something up well will dave keep rocking his shark disguise at splendor in the grass this year or will he perhaps pull a plot twist and surprise us all with something new only time will tell but maybe keep an eye out for any sharks you spy at splendor just in case in the meantime, Dave and Glass Animals will be gearing up for their huge headline shows here in July, heading to HBF Stadium in Perth, the Horton Pavilion in Sydney and John Kane Arena in Melbourne. Plus, as we touched on, Splendour and the Grass fans can rejoice. The band will also be at their finest at the festival in July alongside the likes of The Strokes, Gorillaz, Tyler the Creator, DMAs, Violent Soho, The Jungle Giants and heaps more when Splendour returns for its 2022 edition. Tour info and more can be found at glassanimals.com. 
And if you do want to hear a heap more of the chat that I grabbed with Dave, he is actually also my guest on tomorrow's episode of my other podcast, The Green Room. So definitely check that episode out to hear even more about the world of Dave, glass animals in general, and their stunning and beloved album, Dreamland. How the hell am I going to get this up the stairs? For even more Press Play fun, you can keep up to date with all things Press Play podcast and more via our brand new Insta account at pressplay.pod. Stick around after this short break. Let's take a look at some pop culture moments in the music world. That and more right after this. This summer, catch up on Rewind with Steve Bell, the podcast that reveals how your favourite music is created from the people who created it. Hear oral histories of classic recordings by Silverchair, The Avalanches, Regurgitator, Something for Kate, The Triffids, Daryl Braithwaite, Paul Kelly, and more. And just out now, Steve Bell sits down with Archie Roach to explore the recording of his milestone album, Charcoal Lane. Listen to Rewind with Steve Bell on euphony.com.au or your favourite streaming platform. Rewind your summer. With this week's episode of Press Play falling in the last full week of January, somehow we are already nearly a full month into 2022, if you can believe it. But before we roll into February and continue to see more and more releases announced by musicians in Australia and overseas, of course, as well, we thought now would be a pretty good moment to take a look at some of the predicted music industry trends in 2022, as we all do still grapple with some ongoing COVID-19 roadblocks. And also as we start to see our way back from the lockdown domains of our living rooms and the lack of live music that that has put on all of us. Mixdown Magazine and Aussie National Street Press music publication very recently put out an article covering some data and predictions that could very well shape and impact the 2022 state of the local music industry. From predictions that millennials will be the biggest age demos driving demands for gigs to Aussies rediscovering the significant role that music venues truly play in the community during lockdowns, there's plenty of things to ponder as we venture into year three of this pandemic. But in terms of discovering new music, also according to that same Mixdown article, music fans aged 18 to 29 will continue to increasingly find new music in less traditional ways, specifically with video games as well. And this news is entirely unsurprising, especially for any game developers or game players out there. But a recent study in the US saw that Apple Music and Spotify claim 50% of the new music discovery for the coveted 18 to 29 age bracket. But video games account for approximately 24%, which is actually no small feat when you really think about it. And of course, that figure is expected to rise drastically over the next 12 months. And it's not just Americans accounting for this video game and more non-traditional discovery info. Just under two weeks ago, Triple J's Dave Ruby Howe chatted on The Tally Room, their hottest 100 lead-up show, with cultural critic Michael Sun about the lack of live music over the past two years and how that's contributed to listeners increasingly discovering their new favourite songs in games, TV shows or via movies. 
And the implications here for local music is substantial. There is understandably so much to be gained in these more non-traditional modes of music discovery. And recently we did see Alex Leahy snag some much-deserved Oscar hype for her track On My Way, which was composed for the end credit songs for the Netflix animated smash The Mitchells vs. The Machines. Speaking of Alex Leahy, she and Baker Boy were, of course, also recently included in the soundtrack for the re-release of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. For anyone who grew up playing Tony Hawk or FIFA or Grand Theft Auto, you name it, you may be yelling, we've been discovering music and games since before you were born. Well, firstly, I was born in the mid-80s. But secondly, I can personally thank Tony Hawk for my love of bands like Millen Colin, Bad Religion, Goldfinger, and of course the OG Tony Hawk Rage Against the Machine song, Gorilla Radio, that iconically soundtracked the opening sequence for Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 back in the day. But to close out today's pop culture news, regular press play listeners may recall back in episode three of our podcast back in November last year, we checked in with Paul Rigby, the director of the Aussie vinyl pressing plant Zenith Records, about the ongoing global vinyl shortage. And while that issue hasn't been left in 2021, Alan Cross, a broadcaster and music columnist for the Global News in Canada, recently suggested the ongoing vinyl shortage could potentially open the doors to a revival of the compact disc, aka the CD potentially returning as a physical alternative to vinyl. Interestingly enough, as Cross points out in his article, the CD was first introduced to the world in late 1982. So this year does mark the format's 40th anniversary. Maybe there's something to it. Well, that is it for this week's Pop Culture Roundup. It's time now to take a trip down music memory lane. And back with me once again on Press Play this week, the man, the myth, the legend, it is Steve Bell, host of Rewind with Steve Bell and co-owner of Sonic Sherpa Records. Belly, what music history moment will you be taking us through this week? Uh, this one's a really interesting one to me. It's 30 years ago exactly today, back in 1992, Nirvana were blowing up and they were in Australia and they released the Australian-Japanese tour EP, Hormoning. Um, it's a bit of an outlier in the Nirvana catalogue. They didn't really release any other just territory-specific things like this, so it's become super collectible. It um, included, it was a sick track, it had... So a couple of originals that had been B-sides from Nevermind, which had just gone to number one on the US album chart like a week or so before. It was right when they were peaking. The wave was just peaking. And it had other covers on there by Devo, The Wipers, The Vaselines. It was wonderful. Um, the unreleased tracks ended up being on the hormoning, on the, sorry, Incesticide compilation later that year. So they did become available globally. But hormoning remains, yeah, it's a, really really collectible piece especially the australian version because the japanese printed a lot of the cd um especially but yeah the australian versions of hormoning are just worth a fortune um there's, there's a lot of bootlegs out there if, you, if you're going to buy a vinyl copy look to make sure that the shower head is in the right top hand corner of the artwork for some reason all the bootlegs don't have the the shower head it's a really easy way to tell if it's original or a knockoff. There were European 
bootleggers were flooding the world when it was so uh, sought after. Mm. Even the bootlegs really sort of semi-collectible as well these days. So, um, yeah, it was a great time. I remember seeing them down in Melbourne and, yeah, they were as good as the, the legend and the myth suggests. They were just quite incredible. I love that. That's incredible. Uh, yeah, I have seen. Um, it's good to know how to pick a, a phony too because I think um, a lot of the time it is hard to tell. So this is a very hot tip straight from Steve Bell. <laughs> yeah, I got uh, sucked in a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> well, your loss is our game. <laughs> um, and just another date, just to sort of show how quickly this grunge thing exploded. On, on this day in 1990, so two years earlier, Soundgarden became the first grunge band to have an album enter the US Billboard 200 album chart. Um, their second album, album, Louder Than Love, went in at 168. It, it eventually peaked at 108. Bad Motorfinger would go to number 39 and in 94, Super Unknown, the album debuted at number one. So this thing happened so fast. It's like you look back and it, it doesn't seem to have just been like a blink of an eye, but yeah, that grunge tsunami just came through and it just swept all before it. It was a pretty special time. Look, I did mention to you, Belly, before we were planning these episodes that I was not going to fangirl about Soundgarden. I am sitting here gazing at a framed picture of Chris Cornell as we speak, but <laughs> it, it is such an incredible feat and, like, what a double whammy moment in history this week for some really, really prolific things and obviously the grunge movement itself. So I'm definitely going to be celebrating and re-listening to a lot of that. But before I go and be antisocial and just listen to grunge for the next 10 years, um, <laughs> let's dive into some reissues. What reissues are on the radar this week? There's one that there was a movie that came out last year. Uh, Edgar Wright made a documentary on the Spark. It was called The Sparks Brothers on the two brothers, uh, Ron and Russell Mayle, who constitute the amazing band Sparks. We've been making weird and wonderful music now for over 50 years. Uh, 25 albums with only occasional glimpses of commercial success or recognition. Um, they just do it because they that's what they do. They love music and that's their thing. And I've interviewed them both. But until I saw this documentary, I just didn't really understand how amazing their narrative is like and, and their conviction and, and dedication to their music. Um, I loved that film so much. I, I watched it numerous times, sharing it with other people. And they've just dropped a 4LP uh, soundtrack uh, 42 songs on either pink or marbled black and white vinyl extensive liner notes a book and a poster and stuff I am super excited uh, yes me too as soon as I saw this <laughs> on the list I was like oh <laughs> I want this one you get some albums through the shop secondhand and the odd compilation but yeah this is getting it all in one spot it's going to be brilliant I'm really excited yeah that's amazing Another issue, a Texan band, that sort of folk rock band called Midlake, they put out an album called The Trials of Van Occupanta back in 2006. The lead single, Roscoe, was just an absolute belter. Um, my friends and I became just a sort of standard amongst everyone. Rolling Stone ranked it number 90 on their list of the 100 greatest songs of the 2000s. 
I remember staying in them tour. They weren't super great lives. Like it wasn't a revelation or anything, but it was pretty cool. But the album's awesome. It's back out again, 180 gram gold vinyl with a bonus seven inch through Bella Union, their old label. So a lot of people should check that, I reckon. Mm. And just finally, PJ Harvey, she's been reissuing her entire catalogue on vinyl over the last 18 months or so. It's getting towards the end. We're up to album number eight, The England Shake from 2011. It's a classic. It won the Mercury Prize that year. Uh, it was album of the year at the Ivan Novello Awards the following year. It's a deep album. It covers wars and conflicts, everything from Gallipoli to Afghanistan, you know, olden um you know, war scenarios right up to modern day. And she just did it so well. And there's also, as with all of them, there's another vinyl uh, separate of demos from that record, which people have been, you know, hardcore fans have been really enjoying digging into the more stripped back versions of these records. Mm. So I know a lot of people, we've been selling so many of them. Um, people are going to be really excited. Just quickly, there's a lot of reissues this week for early in the year. There's other ones that I haven't got time to talk about. The Datsuns, Magnetic Fields, Fruit Bats, Sonvolt, The Best, DMAs, heaps of cool stuff. So, yeah. Damn. Get out to your local record shop. Absolutely. And PJ Harvey is one of my celebrity crushes. So I think that will be also on the cards once I stop having my grunge fiesta, of course. <laughs> so I've got a very busy weekend. <laughs> but... As always, if anyone is obviously in the mood to listen to some more musical history and some incredible chats, Belly hosts the amazing podcast for everyone with Steve Bell. And over summer, we did get two new seasons, including a season covering Paul Kelly's anthem, How to Make Gravy. And of course, also a five-part incredible deep dive into Archie Roach's 1990 album, Charcoal Lane. So Belly, thank you for these amazing rewind gifts as well and for all of your picks this week. My pleasure. Have a great day. Thank you. And on Press Play, it is time now for Singled Out. And now today on Singled Out, Masty, as always, is back here in the Press Play studio. And Masty, let's get cracking. What recent song are we going to dive into first today? Well, it's going to be an all-local batch this week uh, to celebrate the, the release flow starting again. Um, we're going to kick off with Johnny Hunter and Cry Like a Man. Now, this is the moment when Johnny Hunter go full-blown goth. There are the cavernous guitars and drums, but there's also an epic, epic vocal delivery. The song also has emotional punch as it's based on a real-life incident. Nick Hutt, who wrote the song in response to that incident, uh, says it's about the way men often abuse their masculinity to shield their vulnerability. It makes for a dark and explosive recording. Now, I've said it here previously too, that Johnny Hunter are a strong live band and I really think this song and, and the material they're doing now, it really flags them for their, they deserve their festival moment. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope that that does come to fruition this year. I have no doubt it will. I absolutely cannot get enough of Johnny Hunter. I actually have you to thank because I always liked, but now I'm just head over heels. There's lush vocals, bubbly rhythmics and that 80th synth link of tape over the proceedings. It just collides beautifully. And I really like that it tackles the themes of vulnerability and masculinity as well. So it's a bit of ear candy, but with a really important message. So I loved it. 
Also an important message is uh, Baker's Eddie Hyvie's baby. Now I did say it's all local. I know technically they're from New Zealand, but Baker's Eddie do live in Melbourne now in a share house together, I think. Even though they've known each other for 10 years, they still all can live in each other's pockets. Look, I also have to flag they're part of the Handshake Stable, the same as we are here at Euphony. But I remember the first time I saw them at Big Sound way before we were stable mates, and pegging them as stars in the making. And this track is so furiously energetic, you can get dizzy just listening to it. But my favourite part of this is that the angry cycling rant was meant to be placeholder lyrics, but after demoing the song and listening to it back while riding on his bike, seeing Kieran decided it made him feel so badass, that was his term, (laughs) that he kept the lyrics as they were. I think just add this to your cycling playlist alongside like 2019's Riding on My Bike by Nick Griffiths. This, this, will, this will keep you fast and furious on the cycling track. Absolutely. And I do love, I was listening and I'm like, is there something going on under this that I'm not getting? Like, but no, the song is purely just about riding a bike. There is no secret metaphorical subtext, but I just and love Anger, anger at, at, yeah, at motorists. I mean, the song, the song title does give it away, but I just love the nostalgic flavours that are coming through. And I do also believe that the backing vocals required the band to record on their hands and knees to hit some of the high notes. So total commitment and a great end result. I I did not know that, but it is so, so believable from Baker's (laughs) Eddie. Now we're going to end on a a completely different note altogether. We're going to talk about Alex the Astronaut's airport. I've loved you. my finger on the exact moment I became a committed Alex the Astronaut fan. I I think maybe it was her performance on Delivered Live back in the days of our first lockdown. She just seemed so tapped into the zeitgeist and was then able to effortlessly, 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 unlike me saying the word, (laughs) she was able to translate that through her own personal tales. Alex is a wonderfully gifted songwriter and this song Wow. (laughs) Was I a blubbering mess when I first watched the clip for Airport? Let's just say you should be thankful I don't produce reaction videos. Oh, Um, no. I I disagree. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Airport builds from a low-key opening to a climax of choral voices and strings, 
Key here is the clarity of Alex's writing. It's a simple story of a separation and a reunion and the minutiae of that journey. Alex has pointed out that the story doesn't have an end and we can choose our own. Well, I choose a joyous conclusion where Alex is living happily ever after with record-breaking streaming figures. It's a beauty. Oh, you are not wrong. And I know when we both heard there was a new song on the radar, we were we were always going to expect that it was great. We were not prepared for this, I don't think. And like, I'm not crying, you're crying. I am crying a little bit. Um, but, you know, it is a little surprise. Alex just continues to deliver. I'm the same. Like, I just feel like she's someone I've always liked, but I just don't know when I fell in love. I feel like maybe she just was always there and it was just ingrained into me. But this makes me want to go and declare my love to someone at the airport with some grand romantic gesture. And it might be a slightly weird pull, but some of the instrumentals and especially the drums actually reminded me of Blink-182's I Miss You. So I don't know if it's just me, but I just have this, yeah, something about it, the nostalgia, the freshness, all the feels, plain and simple. Yeah, she's just captured that heightened emotion you have when when flying somewhere. Uh, it's it's incredible. I I can't stress enough. I think she's one of the great Australian songwriters of our time. Absolutely, and there's a lot more to come. I feel from her this year, so I cannot wait to see what happens next. But what an amazing batch of tunes for our first 2022 episode, Masty. And for everyone listening, good news: all of these tracks we just spoke about are currently also featured on our Press Play mixtape on Spotify. And you can also head to our brand new Instagram page at pressplay.pod to check out the mixtape and keep up to date with all things press play as well. And that brings us to a close for Press Play today. A huge thank you as always to Andrew Mast and Steve Bell for bringing their amazing expertise to the table week after week. And don't forget to give Belly's podcast Rewind with Steve Bell a listen. It covers a range of prolific and game-changing releases. Each season of Rewind will take you deep into iconic albums and songs with artists like Silverchair, Something for Kate, and more recently, Paul Kelly and Archie Roach too. Head to euphony.com.au to learn more. A big thank you as well to the phenomenal Dave Bailey from Glass Animals for joining us today on Press Play. And as I mentioned earlier in the episode, you can grab a listen to the full chat Dave and I had on my other podcast, The Green Room with Tiana Speeder. That episode goes live tomorrow, Friday 28th of January, for those playing along at home. Head to euphony.com.au to learn more. Also over at euphony.com.au, you can catch up on any previous episodes of Press Play that you may have missed. And you can also join us on our shiny new Instagram account at pressplay.pod. That info is in today's episode's show notes and we will be keeping you up to date with all things new music and more there. So be sure to drop by and give us a follow. If you love music as much as we do and you might be loving Press Play as well, we would love to hear from you. Pop on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. And if you think a mate or a family member or a pet or whatever it is, if you think they may love this podcast too, tell them, show them, sharing is caring, and it helps us out an insane amount too to get the good word out there. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you found some new musical delights to devour in today's episode, and I can't wait to do it all again next week. Love music, press play. Press Play is a euphony podcast created by Craig Trewick, produced by Tiana Speeder and Andrew Mast, assistant producer Henry Gibson, hosted by Tiana Speeder, recorded, edited, and engineered by Zig Parker, music by Zig Parker. For more information about this episode, go to euphony.com.au. For more euphony podcasts, visit our website, Spotify, Apple, Acast, or wherever you get your podcasts.